Well, hey there. It's your girl, Hayes. I am broadcasting to you live from my apartment in extremely bad lighting in conjunction with my podcast on Anchor um, because I want to talk to you about something. It is, hey, Tari, how are you? Broadcasting live from my apartment to tell you about a very, hey, Lauren, tell you about a very important event going on in Washington, D.C. called Celebrate America. Um, Broadcasting to you simultaneously, Facebook Live and my podcast to talk about that. But I also wanted to talk to you watching live or even you who are going to watch later, you listening live or you who are going to listen later, Lauren, (laughs) about something very important, something very near and dear to my heart. And if I'm 100% honest about it, I have been procrastinating because it's a huge topic, it's a touchy topic, and it's something that comes with persecution. And that is the topic of homosexuality. It is Pride Month right now, and I just wanted to love on you with what the Bible has to say about homosexuality. But before we do that, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for everybody who's listening by way of the broadcast on Anchor or live or who's going to watch it later. Anoint every ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, not what Nikki Hayes has to say, not the opinion of Nikki Hayes, but what the love of God has to say, what the Word of God has to say on the topic of homosexuality. So let's get into it. I'll probably end up doing a few of these because I'm actually on my way to Bible study and I can't be late for that. If you know my pastor, you would understand. Um, As a matter of fact, if you're in DC, head over to 1300 Good Hope Road at 7 p.m., okay? And I'll see you at Bible study. But let's go to the Word of God. The first thing is, you might ask, why am I doing this? Well, the Bible says in Matthew 10, 28, fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So the only reason, to be honest, that I've shied away from this topic is because of the fear of man. You know, um, I want to start with the, the point that love is not love. You can't take one, de- one word to, and define it with that same word. Every word has a definition, and the definition of love is God. God is love. God has already taught us how to love, according to 1 Corinthians 13. If you have a Bible, let's go there. While we're flipping, um, I mentioned Celebrate America earlier. It's at Constitution Hall, July 1st through 6th. Um, we're in 2018. You need to get yourself there if you say you can't get there. Make a way and get there. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. 1 Corinthians 13. And I want you to know what love truly is. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13. Let's start at verse 4. Love endures long and is patient and kind. I'm in the Amplified. Love is never envious or boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. Does not display itself haughtily. It's not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. And we're going to define pride a little later, Lord willing, if I have enough time. It's not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. 
It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of an evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. So I want to tell you that I'll probably get some feedback that because of the biblical stance that I'm taking on homosexuality, I'm not loving you, but I actually am loving you. The Bible says that if you go without correction, you're not one of God's and you're considered a bastard. That's not me cussing, that's the King James. So, and maybe we'll go into that later, but I want you to know, number one, I love you. And that's why I'm wanting to bring you into the truth over what love is. Love isn't love. God is love, and God is the only definition of love, and God tells us exactly how to love. Hallelujah. So we read all the attributes of love. I want to also tell you, my second point about this is that the rainbow does not belong to the homosexual. The rainbow actually belongs to the covenant people, the people that are in covenant with God. Let's go to Genesis 9. And look at this rainbow and see where did the rainbow come from? What's up with the rainbow? Is that Uchenna? Hey, girl. All right. So Genesis 9. Genesis 9. Looking at verse 13. And I'm going somewhere, so just stick with me, okay? Genesis 9.13. This is God talking to us. So just to put it in context, this is right after the ark and Noah and water had flooded the entire earth. And the reason God had to do that is because sin was so rife on the planet, God wanted to destroy it and start all over again, okay? Why does God hate sin? God hates sin because it's something the enemy brought to the planet. You can read that in Genesis with Adam and Eve. Satan brought sin into the planet. And you can also read in Isaiah about how Satan was cast down like lightning, how he used to be an anointed cherub and he rebelled against God and he got himself kicked out of heaven. And because he can never be a, a part of heaven again, now he wants to live through you. And there's only one thing that God will not let you do and that's destroy yourself. So the reason that we're not allowed to sin is because God does not want us to destroy ourselves. So don't think about it, well, God won't let me do this, God won't let me do that. There's only thing he, one thing he won't let you do, and that's destroy yourself. Hallelujah. So he destroyed the planet with water, okay, because sin was rife. He took all the righteous people, put them in an ark. And after that, he made a promise to us. And that's our rainbow covenant, people. If you're a man of God, if you're a woman of God, if you're a Christian, if Jesus Christ is your savior, that is your rainbow when it appears in the sky. And if you're, if you're not in covenant with God, by the end of this broadcast, Lord willing, you will be. And I'm going to walk you through that. So hang on, okay? So we're in Genesis 9, and I am looking at verse 13. I do set my bow in the cloud. This is God talking. And it shall be a covenant, I'm sorry, it shall be a token of a covenant between me and the earth 
And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall no more become a flood to destroy flesh, all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud and I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and everything, every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. So basically, it's a promise that he will not destroy the earth again with water. Hey, Lisa, he'll not destroy the earth again with water. So when you see that rainbow out there in the sky, it's not a symbol to do what you want. It is, a, it is a symbol of covenant, of a promise. Hallelujah. So that rainbow belongs to the son of God, to the daughter of God, okay? I want to talk real quickly about the concept of born this way. When, when people say, I can't help it, I was born this way, they're partially correct. Hey, Eileen, they're partially correct. They were born this way. All of us were born this way. What way? We were all born into sin. Let's go to Psalm 51 and just remember what David had to say about this. Psalm 51. While I'm flipping the pages, I just want to remind you, celebrate America. July 1st through 6th, Constitution Hall, Power Evangelism, 10 a.m., and Holy Ghost and Fire Meetings. 7 p.m. every day. You do not want to miss it. It's a historical event. This is our fifth year doing it, and you don't want to miss out. Okay, Psalm 51. Let's read what David had to say. Have mercy on me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to thy multitude of tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desireth truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with the hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with a free spirit, with thy free spirit, that I will teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Oh, hallelujah, David knew something. He was a bloody man. He was a murderous man. 
okay? He, he, he was a killer. And he was asking God to purge him from that. He was born in sin. So every single person walking the planet, your immediate constitution when you pop out the womb is to be a big old sinner. But I have news for you. Jesus died on the cross for you. And when he died on the cross for you, he took David's murdering spirit. He took, he took homosexuality. He took thievery. If you're a hoe, hoe no more. I don't know if you're a liar, lie no more. Jesus took all of that on the cross so that you could leave, live free. So my friend, when you tell me, Nikki, I can't help it. I'm a guy. I like other guys. I was born this way. You are correct. You were born that way. But Jesus died so that you don't have to stay that way. Let's talk real quick. Let me see what time it is because, oh yeah, I got to get out of here soon to get to service. But let's talk real quick about what pride truly is. Let's go to Proverbs, just one book over. We're going to go verse 16, oh, chapter 16. All right, let's read Proverbs 16, verses 18 and 19. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to defy the spoil with the proud. So pride at its core is not a spirit that comes from God, ladies and gentlemen. Pride in, in this context comes from the Hebrew word, and I hope if you're Hebrew, forgive me, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, geon. And when I looked up the word geon, it's it's um, wow, Gaon. It's, <laughs> forgive me, it's associated with words like arrogance, eminence, glory, swelling. Well, if you're smart, you know that the only being there is that gets all the glory is God. And, and the thing that makes homosexuality so abominable, my friends, is that it is a spirit that exalts itself ab above the natural knowledge of the way God set things up. He set things up so that every woman gets a man. Can my ladies say amen? Every woman gets a man. Every woman gets her own husband. And he set it up so that every man gets their own bride. Can my fellas shout hallelujah? You, God made it so that you get your own person. But my friends, it can't be someone of the, of the same sex. It's abominable to God. It's, it's swelling. It's, it's taking glory. It's arrogant. Why? Because you're saying that your way of doing things is better than God's. One of the things he told us to do was be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And if you're with someone of the same sex, you can't do that. Also, the Bible says that you'll know a tree by its fruit. My friends, if you like somebody, okay, and you're of the same sex, I understand that at the moment it might seem okay, but the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. HIV AIDS comes from homosexual sex. It's proven by scientists. It didn't come from some monkey in Africa. It's a, it comes from promiscuity and homosexual sex specifically. I'll tell you a story, and if, if you have young kids, I would tell you to have them do something else right now. 
Um, but basically, I, had a, I have a friend who told a man of God, he's on fire, loves Jesus. He had a business. And he was going to go into business with a gay couple, no problem. Went into business. Um, and when he went and visited them, he saw their apartment and he saw everything they had. And he said, man, God, this isn't fair. I'm serving you. They're not serving you. They may not even know you. And they get all this great stuff. You know, what's, what's the problem? How come there's no consequence to the way they live? Well, my same friend had to use the restroom during that visit. And when he went to the bathroom, what he saw in the trash is shocking. He saw Depends diapers that were full of blood. They had been bleeding from engaging in homosexual activity. So what I'm telling you is there is an end to it. I want to, if I can pull it up. Oh, I got to go soon, y'all, because I got Bible study. But I want to pull up a statistic if I can get it. Yeah, it's killing African-Americans. Um, and, and, and it's being pushed in our community by design, just like, just like abortion was. It's being pushed in our community to get rid of us. Listen to this. In 2016, among all gay and bisexual men who received an HIV diagnosis in the United States, African Americans accounted for the highest number at 38%. That's shocking. So you see that the, the wages of sin is death. 36% of African-American gay and bisexual men who received an HIV diagnosis were aged 13 to 24. That's a generation. That's young men being off by this terrible disease. And the only way to prevent it is to not do it. Listen, my friend, if you're a man... God created a woman just for you. If you're a woman, God created a man just for you. And this is not my opinion. This is not my interpretation. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that there is no private interpretation of the scripture. It is what, it's, what God says it is. Now, mind you, yes, you do have to go to the Hebrew. You do have to go to the Greek. It is wise for you to study, to show yourself approved. But it is clear in the Bible that there are wages to this thing. I want to stop here because I got to get to Bible study, but Lord willing, we'll continue again later in this week on this topic of pride because it is pride month. And I wanted you to know really what pride is and really what the end result of this kind of lifestyle, where it can get you. Um, so we're going to stop here. There's more. You can inbox me your questions. Um, I don't hate. I love. Love tells the truth. And I understand that if this is a new concept to you, this might be something that you don't want to hear or that you weren't ready to hear, but it doesn't make it any less true. I love you, but Christ loves you more. Before I let you go, let's pray. Father God, I lift up each and every person that's watching this right now or plans to watch it later or is listening on Anchor right now in the name of Jesus. If there's any of you right now that are caught in a lifestyle of anything. I don't care what it is. It doesn't have to be homosexuality. It could just be you just acting out of character, you doing things that your parents didn't raise you to do, you doing things against the Bible. Something is off. The, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible also said, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you are a whosoever, you qualify for salvation, okay? So I don't care what you were doing. 
I don't care what you were doing 30 seconds ago. If it didn't please God, you have the opportunity to get that thing erased right now. So you can lift your hands, you can close your eyes, and you can say this after me with your heart and your lips out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die for me. I believe that he rose for me, and I believe that he's coming back again for me. Now say this. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Please enter my heart. Wash me and cleanse me. Forgive me of my sin. Set me free. Fill me with your Holy Ghost and fire. Give me a passion for the lost, a hunger for the things of God, and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now throw your hands up and say this. Say, I thank you that I'm saved. I thank you that I'm set free and put your hand on your hip and say, I know I'm going to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Friend, let me tell you something. If you said that prayer, I don't care what you were doing 30 seconds ago, you are wiped clean, clean slate with God. He remembers no more. As a matter of fact, if after you said that prayer, you bring up the, acti the activities that you did that didn't please God from yesterday to God, he doesn't even know what you're talking about. Hallelujah. When God forgives, he forgets. It's not like people who might bring it up again. God won't bring it up again. So hallelujah. So I'm about to go to Bible study. I love you. Again, I'm going to announce it again because it's my favorite time of year. Celebrate America is July 1st through 6th at DAR Constitution Hall. If you need any more information or you want to volunteer, you can go to CelebrateAmericaDC.com. If you have any questions about the topic of homosexuality, if you need support because you are homosexual, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to love on you. God's anointed me to help you. Um, if you have questions about people in your family, how to minister to them, how to talk to them, what the right thing is to say and do if they're in a homosexual lifestyle, how to set them free, you can inbox me about that. All right. So I love you. If you have Anchor FM, please uh, tune into Haze in DC and tune into my podcast. There's some heavy ones. There's some fun ones. Um, but support the fire. Okay. I love you. I'm going to go to church now. Bye. Well, here we are again. Facebook Live and my podcast, Hayes in DC on Anchor FM. So yesterday, if you were here um, or if you watched it later and caught it today, you caught part one of love is not love, God is love. Hey, Octavia. You can't use the same word to define another. God defines love. And we talked about homosexuality and why it's so crucially important for, for people to be set free from that and why people need to know that it is something that they need to be set free from, that it is not natural. So we're going there, folks. Okay? So this would be part two. But before we do anything, I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for all my friends that are watching this now and will watch this later. I ask that you would anoint every ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, God, and help me to stay 
only what your word says, not my own opinion, not my own feelings, but how you feel and what you've said in your word in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. Let it just penetrate their hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, anoint my tongue as the pen of a ready writer to speak only what you would have me to speak in the name of Jesus, and I thank you. Hallelujah. So we're on part two of, hey, Tasha, part two of love is not love, God is love, setting the record straight regarding homosexuality. So I guess I wanted to start with, my first point is, I love you. And this comes out of a place of love. It doesn't come out of a place of judgment or condemnation. It's truly because I love you. I love you so much, I let you in my apartment. You're all up in my apartment because I love you. So Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So anyone that believes the gospel of Christ can be set free. So all you have to do is believe that God's word is true and whatever you're struggling with, you can be set free from, hallelujah. And because I believe it, it's my obligation to preach it. It's like, why, why would I see someone dying? Like, say you're, you're seeing someone marching to their death. They're headed towards a cliff and you see it and they don't see it. You wouldn't say, stop, there's a cliff. I beg you. No, you'd say, hey, there's a cliff. You're about to fall off it. Well, that's what it's like to be a preacher of righteousness. You're trying to get people to not fall off that cliff. All right. So point number one is I love you and truth equals love. John 8.32 says, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hey, Brandon. <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The truth will make you free, my friends, which means that the truth actually manufactures freedom. Hallelujah. You ever been walking around dumb about something and, and somebody showed you the truth about it and it was like that Staples commercial? That was easy. That's how the truth is. That's how the Bible is. Once you're brought in the truth, it makes you free. So I'm setting some foundation here for you, for you to understand why you need to know the truth about homosexuality, and it's because I love you, okay? So let's keep going. Why tell the truth? Well, because we need it, especially in this time. I'm going to grab my Bible now, and I'm going to go to 2 Timothy 3. And while I do that, while I turn there, I want to talk about a very important event that's coming up in the Washington, D.C. area. It's called Celebrate America. It is July 1st through 6th. 10 a.m. is Power Evangelism, and 7 p.m. is Holy Ghost and Fire Meetings, and you do not want to miss it. So that's 10 and 7 at Constitution Hall, D-A-R Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C. Hallelujah. So if, if you can't make it, make it. Amen. Try your best to make it. But if you're out of the country or something like that, I get it. There'll be Facebook Live so you can be in the loop on what's going on in this awesome nation we call America. Okay? So make sure you tune in to Celebrate America. Now, 2 Timothy 3, we landed on the point of why tell the truth? Why can't we just walk around letting everybody, you know, walk around in darkness and, you know, be ignorant? Well, we need it is the answer. Why do we need it? 
2 Timothy 3. Let's start at verse 1. This also know that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Who with the uplifted hand would say, these are definitely the last days? I know I would. Um, in the last days, perilous days shall come for men. Now look at this. This sounds exactly like what's going on right now. It says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such men turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captives, silly women, laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's heavy duty stuff, my friends, but that's exactly where they are. So if you are a preacher of righteousness, you are obligated to preach the truth in all areas and don't back down. If people don't like to hear that homosexuality is offensive to God, you can't be bothered. You can't worry about people being offended on the gospel. All right. It's your obligation to preach it. And, and it's not hate speech. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not preaching the truth about homosexuality because I hate the homosexual. If I hated the homosexual, I would just allow them to continue in darkness. But because I love the homosexual, because I love everybody, I love the heterosexual, because I love everybody, I'm going to be a preacher of righteousness and preach the truth from the word of God. Think about it. The almighty God, the creator, your creator. Hallelujah. He made a manual called the Bible where everything pertaining to life and godliness sits. And you literally can just pick it up and read it and learn everything you need to know about life. Hallelujah. So let's keep going. So we said, why tell the truth? Because we need it. And we just read in uh, 2 Timothy 3, that these are perilous times. These are the last days. So we need the truth now more than ever. We don't have time to say, okay, I understand that that's the truth, but I'm going to get it right later. No, you need to get it right, right now. So let's keep going. Another reason that I need to tell you the truth is because I know that you've watched a lot of Disney movies, but not everybody goes to heaven, my friends. And, and it's a sad reality. And I'm going to talk to you about that. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians 6. Hallelujah. And you know the drill. While I'm turning, I'm going to talk about Celebrate America, July 1st through 6, 10 a.m., 7 p.m., 10 a.m., Power Evangelism, 7 p.m., Holy Ghost and Fire Meetings. Where? Constitution Hall. Be there in Washington, D.C. Okay. 1 Corinthians 6. This is heavy stuff, but it needs to be told. Let's look at verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteousness, I'm sorry, the unrighteousness, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
be not deceived. Now you need to pay very careful attention when the Bible says, be not deceived. Because if the Bible says, be not deceived, that means that you can what? Be deceived. So when God says, be not deceived in the Bible, he's really trying to get your attention. He wants you to know that truth is coming after that statement. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye were washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the spirit of our God. So my friends, when I tell these truths, I'm not saying that I've always been perfect and I never did. It has nothing to do with that. The only way you can rid yourself of this stuff is to be washed. It says, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the spirit of God. But it clearly says here, fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate. You can't even walk around being a dude liking to dress like a chick. You can't. You can't. The effeminate abusers of themselves with mankind, that's homosexuality. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because yesterday, one of the reasons is yesterday, as, as we talked about, don't compartmentalize sin and say, God doesn't want me to have a good time. Uh, why won't he let me drink? Why won't he let me smoke? Why won't he let me sleep with whoever I want to? It's only one thing that he won't let you do, and that's destroy yourself. Think about the end game of all those behaviors. It destroys people. The life expectancy of an average homosexual male is something like 50. That's crazy. People's lives are getting cut off. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So if death is an end game for any activity that you would be doing, smoking, you get cancer, drinking, you can get cirrhosis of the liver if you drink in excess. And I'm telling you, if, if it leads to death, it's offensive to God and he doesn't want you to do it because he loves you. He said in his word that he came that you would have life and that more abundantly. Hallelujah. So we established that not everybody's going to heaven. You've got to be born again. And we're going to give you that opportunity later. So my next point is you might be asking yourself, okay, so why do people sin, Nikki? Why did God create people and they're born into sin? Well, you need to know something. We weren't always born into sin. Adam and Eve, and we will probably go into this fully another time, but Adam and Eve handed over that right to the enemy. The enemy hates you and the enemy wants to destroy you. And he knows the way that he can shorten your life is through sin. So the reason people sin is because of the devil. But the reason people can be redeemed and washed free is because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's the only way, people. There's no other way. No other name under heaven can save us. Hallelujah. So people sin either because they don't have the knowledge of the truth. I, mean, I got glare going on with these glasses. Sorry, guys. Um, they sin because they haven't been brought into the knowledge of the truth. Or they sin because they know the truth. They just like sinning. We're going to go into that. Let's look at James 1. Are you blessed? I hope you're blessed. James 1. And while I'm turning, celebrate America. 
<laughs> July 1st through 6th, Constitution Hall, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Be there. Hallelujah. Or be square. Glory to God. James 3. <laughs> James 3. Let's look at verses 13. I'm sorry, James 1. I'm sorry. James 1, let's look at verse 13. So I don't want you to ever say, God is tempting me. He's the reason I'm sinning. Why would he put me in this situation? That's why I sin. No, you have a right to get out of any situation you want to get yourself out of. God, get this in your heart. God does not tempt you with sin. How do I know? I know from the word of God. Let's look. James 1. Let's look at verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when? When is he tempted? When he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. But when lust have conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So every single person on the planet is going to be tempted. You being tempted is not sin. It's you yielding to that temptation that makes you a sinner. But there's freedom for you. Hold on, okay? Hold right there. So, so you have the person who sins because they don't know any better. They haven't been brought into the knowledge of the truth. They haven't had a soul winner talk to them and say, has anybody ever told you God loves you, has a wonderful plan for your life and led them or attempted to lead them to Jesus Christ or maybe they didn't grow up church, okay? So some people sin because they don't know any better. But, but everybody is tempted, all right? Then you have the person that sins just because that's what they're fitting to do. Let's look at, um, let's look at John. Celebrate America, folks. <laughs> July 1st through 6th, 10 a.m., 7 p.m., DAR Constitution Hall. John 3. Now I know everybody knows, for God so loved the John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes, and that's true, and we're going to give you the opportunity for salvation later, but I want you to jump a few verses down. Hallelujah. I want you to go verse 19, the words of Jesus Christ. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The only reason someone rejects the gospel and keeps on sinning is because they want to sin. God has created you. He's created you with a spirit that, that will accept the gospel, that, that is conditioned. To, to want greater, to, to not want to kill itself, to, to self-preserve. And the only preservation there is, is the only true preservation there is, is in the preservation of the gospel, the word of God 
and the preservation of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So that leads us to John 3.16. Let's back that thing up. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This is the words of Jesus Christ, guys. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, should not die, but have everlasting life. Remember, we talked about the wages of sin being death. Every single sin you do, the end result is death. Think about it. Um, homosexual sex and promiscuity, sexual transmitted disease, AIDS, HIV, death, death, death. Drinking, cirrhosis of the liver, death, death, death. Um, you, I mean, all of, all of the things that you don't consider sin, but that are, because anything that God says do, um, that you don't do the opposite of, of him, of you doing what he says do is sin. So even being anxious, he says, be anxious for nothing. You know, anxiety can lead to ulcers, can lead to cancer, any kind of disobedience. Are you, are you picking up what I'm throwing down? Any kind of disobedience to the word of God ultimately leads to death. You can't avoid it. Jesus knew that. God knew that. So he sent Jesus Christ to die for you, to take on homosexuality, to take on anxiety, to take on depression, to take on all those attributes that you can't live with, that you will not have a prosperous life with. Jesus took it on himself so that you would not have to live through that. Hallelujah. One, one man, the God man, the God made flesh. Hallelujah. Took it on for you. You, 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 you. Glory to God. Let's keep going. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The only hope of salvation is Jesus Christ. He's, he's, the, only, he's the only lifeline you have. Glory to God. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son. And then let's go back to what we read earlier. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The Bible says somewhere else, woe unto people who call good evil and evil good. We live in a time where people are calling good things evil and evil things good. For every man doeth evil, that every man that doeth evil, excuse me, hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth the truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey, cousin. That's my cousin, y'all. Yolanda Johnson, everybody. Anyway, um, I hope that you were blessed. Before I let you go, I would be totally missing it if I didn't give you the opportunity to come to Christ. Listen, me talking about homosexuality during Pride Month is not to make you feel bad about yourself, okay? It's not to make you feel, you know, like there's no hope for you or me talking down about you. It's just to bring you into the truth, my friend. And if you're honest with yourself, you know that your behavior can eventually lead to death. And there's not, a loving God would not want that for you. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to accept him in your heart. And once you accept him in your heart, your slate is wiped clean. You can't go back to the same life, 
but your life is going to get way, way better. Trust me. I promise. I promise. Okay. So I want to tell you that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Bible says also, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Raise your hand if you're a whosoever. Yes, you are. All of us are. So if you're a whosoever, that means that you're eligible for salvation. You could be on your way to hell uh, today, but who cares? You're about to get saved and get on your way to heaven. Hallelujah. So say this after me with your heart and your lips out loud. Say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me free. Jesus. I believe that you died for me. Jesus, I believe that you rose for me, that you're coming back again for me. And now say this, I apologize for anything that I've done that's hurt your heart. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on living my life the way I wanted to live it. And I surrender my life to you. I ask for forgiveness and I thank you for washing me clean. Now just lift your hands and say, God, I need help. I don't want to go back to the way that I was living. So help me find a church where the word of God is preached and the power of God is displayed. Baptize me right now. Lift your hands and say, baptize me right now with the Holy Ghost and with fire, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, because I want to speak your language. I want my tongue to be sanctified. Say it, say it to him, hallelujah. Now say this, I thank you that I'm saved. I thank you that I'm set free. And put your hand on your hip and say, and I know I'm going to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Oh, hallelujah. If you said that prayer, I want you to inbox me and tell me your testimony. Tell me what happened. If you, need, if you are homosexual and you need support or you have questions about the things that I've been saying, please inbox me. Also, you can get up on my podcast. I have a podcast called Hazen DC. It's on uh, Apple Podcasts. It's on Google Podcasts. It's also on a podcast app called Anchor. And I have another app called Breaker. It, it's everywhere. Everywhere you can listen to a podcast is my podcast, pretty much. So I want you to tune into that. I want you to inbox me with your questions. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. I love you. If you just said that prayer for the first time um, and, and you meant it, you need to really listen to what God has to say about where he wants you in church on this Sunday because he wants you in church. Listen, you need to be a part of a family that's going to just support the decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord as you just did. This is how you know you're in a church where you need to be. Ready? The word of God is preached and that the power of God is displayed. What do I mean by power of God? Well, the Bible says that these signs shall follow them that believe they'll speak in new tongues. They'll lay on the hands on the sick and they shall recover. So you should see signs, wonders, and miracles in the church that you attend because it's proof that whoever is speaking, the man of God, the woman of God, the people of God, whoever has the pulpit um, is a believer. And you would want the person at the pulpit to be a believer. Amen. So after that, so join a church. Find a church. God will speak to your heart, the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you have an unction from the Holy One. You know all things. Holy Spirit will speak to you. You will find a church. Um, also, the next thing you need to do is read your Bible 
every single day now. It's God's love letter to you. So you got to read it. See what he's saying to you. Glory to God. Um, so I like the book of Acts. The book of Acts is popping. So if you want a place to start, uh, that's my recommendation. But there's all kinds of places you can start. Just start. Amen. So read it every day. And then... I want you to pray every single day. I want you to talk to your father. Talk to your heavenly father. Take some moments in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. Do like I do all day long and just talk to your heavenly father. Tell him what counts to you. Tell him what matters to you. Share your heart with him and it'll be a relationship that you'll never regret. And this is the best day of the rest of your life. If you said that prayer just now, I'm so proud of you. Listen. I'm on your team. So that's the end of my podcast. I got my podcast running. I got Facebook Live running. Uh, you're all up in my apartment. It's time to go home. Love you. Well, hello. It's me. It's your girl, Hayes. And it's my friend Kalila, and we are on the final day of Pride Month. We've been telling you the truth in love about uh, what pride is and how it's actually a sin. And we were talking about homosexuality specifically, not because we want to condemn anybody, not because we want to judge anybody, but we want to love people. We want to bring them into truth. It's been a long day, y'all. We've been shopping and eating. We've been shopping and eating, but we didn't want Pride Month to end without loving on you some more. Hi, Lauren. So we've got the podcast going. If you subscribe uh, to podcasts, you might as well add mine too. It's Hazen DC on Apple Podcasts, on Anchor, uh, on Breaker, and on Google Podcasts and like some other stuff that I haven't found out yet. But if you've got a podcast capability in your pocket, you can find me. Hallelujah. So we're going to get right into it. So um, part one and two, if you haven't seen it, please go back on my Facebook page and find it or go to the podcast and listen to those. I want to talk to you about being filled with the Holy Ghost and fire because you might say, all right, there's been some things in my life I've been doing that I don't want to do, things I've been saying that I don't want to say. I, I'm born again now, or maybe you're not born again and need to learn more. How do I get rid of this stuff for good? Well, let me just read to you. I want to go to you, uh, go with you, not to you. It's been a long day, guys. Um, Matthew 3. This is John the Baptist talking. So to put this into context, um, Jesus is going into his ministry as a man walking on the earth. And John the Baptist is um, prophesying his coming. So, and John the Baptist was baptizing people. He was baptizing them in water unto repentance. So this is him talking in Matthew chapter three. Um, let's go to verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and he'll gather wheat into the garner, but will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. 
And you know what? Before I keep going, you know what I didn't do that I do at the beginning of each thing? I pray. I didn't pray. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for every single person that's watching now or later or listening to the podcast. I ask you to anoint every ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. God, anoint my tongue is the pen of a ready writer to only say what you will want me to say. Not my own opinion, but the Word of God. And I thank you that that's all done right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. That feels better. You feel better? I feel amazing. I feel better. I'm ready for this. I'm ready. Okay, so let's read it again. Matthew chapter 3. Um, John the Baptist, verse 11, saying, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. What is chaff? Cassie, hey sister Cassie. Uh, what is chaff? So my pastor likes to explain it like this. And I love my pastor. My pastor is Eric Mears. I go to the church of DC, 1300 Good Hope Road. Get yourself there if you're in the DMV. It's an experience like you will never have in your life. All right, so the way he explains it, which I really, really like, is he talks about wheat. And if you've ever seen a wheat field, you notice when the wind catches the wheat, there are these little particles that kind of float by. That's the chaff, that's the unwanted part. So if you're a piece of wheat, if you're a little weedable, you've got pieces of you, a little weed, little weedables, little tasty weedables. If you are, if you are wheat, there's parts of you, just like wheat, that don't need to be there. The sin, the carnal nature, the carnal mind, the meat head, the doing things that you don't want to do, the saying things that you don't want to say. What, what John the Baptist is saying is that Jesus came to burn up that stuff and he will burn it up with unquenchable fire. Come on. Once that stuff is gone, you ever play with a pile of ashes? No, nobody does that. No one does that. No one does that. Once something is burnt, it is burnt up hallelujah. hallelujah and the things that you love about the world are the things you can't stand and just like i'll tell you part of my testimony for example i was a heavy drinker and i went to a holy ghost and fire service i tried to go to the bar right after that i couldn't go i ordered one drink and and i tried it and i was like waitress this is sour give me another one and, and she gave me another one and I couldn't drink it. The fire of God hit me so hard. Hey, Gerard, the power of God hit me so hard that he literally slapped the taste of alcohol out of my mouth. Come on. And if you want the Holy Ghost, if you want fire, God said that he will give it to everyone who asks. All you have to do is ask and he'll give it to you. Glory to God. So I want to read you that. So I want to know, I want you to know what the power of the Holy Ghost is truly for. It, so you've got the Father, you've got the Son, and you've got the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, Peter Pocket, hey girl. The Holy Ghost is probably, unfortunately, the most underutilized person in the Godhead. Yeah. Would you agree? I agree. The Church of Jesus Christ doesn't understand as a whole, like universally, the power that they have in the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of you. All you have to do is ask for the Holy Ghost and he'll be there. Let's um, go to Acts 1 real quick. Acts 
Why are we talking about this? Well, um, well, because it's awesome, number one. Number two, I really have a heart for people that are struggling in deep areas with sin. They think they were born this way, and they're partially right. Everybody was born into sin, but you don't have to stay that way, and you don't have to live a life where where it's up and down. You know, you're sinning, and then everything's great, and then you're sinning again, and then you're repenting. And you don't have to do that. The Holy Spirit has come, and the fire of God is available to you, Then it can burn out all these tendencies to go back to sin, all those things you don't want to do. You are not bound. Hallelujah. God wouldn't say that drunkards, homosexuals, fornicators, adulterers don't get to heaven and then not create a remedy for you so that you can cut that stuff out and go to heaven. So in Acts chapter 1, hallelujah, verse 8. So if to put this into context, Jesus is about to ascend. He already died for us. And he's about to ascend to heaven. And if you were there on that day and you're watching Jesus and he was about to roll out, wouldn't you like want to know exactly what he's going to say? You're like, <laughs> I want to know. But it's like last word, like if somebody passes yeah. away that's dear to you, yeah, you yeah. want to know what that's their good. last words are. When my dad passed away, yeah. his last words to me were put on some socks. But I remember those last words. So these, I love that too. Before Jesus left the earth, um, some of his last words were here. He says, um, hallelujah. Let's look at, I want to just focus on this one part. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He's telling us, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of his sight. That's powerful. Isn't <laughs> that so good? That's powerful. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Hallelujah. He said... So those were his last words to us before he was received up in the cloud. Listen, I'm li- like, if you hung out with Jesus in the flesh, you'd be, where are you going? Yeah. You'd feel like I can't live life on my own without you. Where yeah. are you going? Yeah. He said, don't worry. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be witnesses unto me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that indicates that. You can't be a witness for him unless you have power. Hallelujah. So the power is multifaceted. You get power because it'll clean you up. It'll get you away from those carnal tendencies, those tendencies towards sin. Glory to God. But it'll also give you a power so that when you witness to someone, when you grab somebody by the hand and you ask them, has anybody ever told you God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? They know that you're not faking jacks. They know that Jesus is your Lord and there's authority and power in what you have to say. And there's a weight to it. Hallelujah. 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 I'm not going to name any names. We're not here to bust up denominations. But have you ever had a powerless witness? Somebody try to tell you about God, you know? Yeah, pretty much almost a lot of people, first majority of my life. Yeah, yes, yes. First half of my life. First half of my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Or you, you know, you go to a powerless church. You know what I mean? You, you want to have power so that when you speak to someone, they know that you mean it. And also, you need to have this power to live everyday life. Just like we read about John the Baptist when he was prophesying Jesus. He said, look, one's coming after me who's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to lace. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire and all that chaff. All that dross, all that yuck, that unneeded stuff, that stuff that makes you fall, that stuff that leads you to hell will be burned up with unquenchable fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, Miss Pat. It's Minister Pat, everyone. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So with that, let's go over to Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. So good. Isn't it fun? It's fun to preach the gospel. Yeah. So I want you to understand, um, if you're brand new to the things of God, I'm so glad that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. And if you haven't, we're definitely going to give you an opportunity to do that later. But if you just received Jesus, maybe in one of my previous podcasts or one of my previous Facebook lives, you need to know that you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. I pray that some of you received it when I prayed for it in the, in part number two. But in case you didn't receive it tangibly at that time, I want to get the word of God into you so you know why you want it. So in Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of what? Fire! Fire. (laughs) And it sat upon each of them. Hallelujah. So they each got their own flame. God has a flame just for you. Listen, when you get born again and you get filled with the fire of God, it you don't get a lobotomy. I, I was just as crazy when I was in the world. I was just crazy for the devil. Now I'm crazy for Jesus. When I was in the world, I was funny. Now my tongue is sanctified and I'm funny in a holy way. When I was in the world, I liked to dance, but now I dance before the Lord. When I was in the world, I used to like to sing on stage but now I like to sing before God so it's not like you get a lobotomy it's not like he he ruins your personality he perfects it as as if as if the enemy never tempted you can live as if the enemy never tempted Adam and Eve when you live in the Holy Ghost and fire hallelujah you can have heaven on earth glory to God you'll have the power to resist the devil and he'll flee from you hallelujah so each person got their own flame hallelujah and they were filled with the holy ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance and they were dwelling at jerusalem jews devout men out of let me stop for a second they were filled with the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance i don't want to glaze over that evidence that you are filled with the Holy Ghost, is that you speak in tongues. The Bible says that your tongue is like the rudder of the ship. Your tongue is what guides your life. And when God baptizes you in the Holy Ghost and fire, he gives you a brand new language so that language can be the new guide for your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit, so now you used to control your life with your tongue. 
Okay, when you were in the world and you used to say, oh, everything's awful. Oh, gosh, I'm going to eat some worms or whatever. And, and then the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire comes upon you. And instead of, of, of cursing, dropping F-bombs and everything else, God sanctifies your tongue and you say, and you are allowing God himself to speak through you. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is ever making intercession for you. In other words, he's praying for you 24-7. And whenever you open up your mouth and you you are joining in with Jesus Christ praying for you. Hallelujah. It is evidence that the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. Hallelujah. That's so fun. Glory to God. Glory to God. So when people say, I have the Holy Ghost, that's great. You got to have the language. You got to have your tongue sanctified. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this is noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. It was noisy, guys. Yeah. It was loud. And I like that it says that uh, they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. God has a touch for every nation under heaven. So this is not a, a black man's language. This isn't a white man's language. This is the language of heaven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's so much available to us in the person of the Holy Ghost. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and the parts of Libya and about Cyrene and strangers of Rome and Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were amazed, they were all amazed and were in doubt saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. Oh, wow. Okay. New wine pit stop. So if they saw these people, let's, let's think about it. It was a gathering. It was super loud. The Holy Ghost announced himself with a blast. He came in as a mighty rushing wind. Not a little quiet whisper hanging out on his shoulder. Just, you know. You'll know yeah. when the Holy Ghost touches you, my friend. I'm telling you what right now. You will know. And so the reason that they thought people were drunk is because, listen, you need to know something. The devil is a bad devil. And everything that God has for you, the enemy has a wicked, wicked counterfeit. So God has the joy of the Lord and what we call the new wine of heaven. The enemy has stanky liquor and deaf comedy jam. Oh, man. That's all there is. Stand-up comedy, bad stand-up comedy. Oh, man. Bad stand-up comedy and cognac. It's not good. 
It's not good, people. So it's a counterfeit because God has the real. So when the Spirit of God touched these people, they were laughing. They were filled with joy. You ever been to a bar? People are, are I mean, they're, they're happy. They're, I love you, man. Or they're sad. Oh, I shouldn't have did that. You know, it's a counterfeit of the real, of what God has for you through the person of the Holy Ghost. And if you've ever been to a Pentecostal meeting, the Holy Ghost touches people and some people are crying, I love you, man, and full of joy. And other people are like, I'm so sorry about what I did. You know, and, and it's a purging. It's, 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 oh, hallelujah. They're just, God's just getting out the dross, the yuck, the, the, the sin in the name of Jesus, the, the iniquity. God's getting that stuff out when he touches you with his Holy Ghost and fire. So these folks, when they saw them, they thought they were drunk. Because they had only seen these symptoms in counterfeit. So now they're seeing the real deal. And Peter had to come along and correct everybody. He said, it says, Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So these folks, if they had studied, they knew that this was coming. They knew that there was going to be a day because it was already prophesied by the prophet Joel. It'll come to pass in the last day, saith God. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men will dream dreams and on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I don't care where you are. We're in the last days. God's going to pour his spirit out on you Amen. and you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait till you don't have a choice. <laughs> you, you can, cause revival is hitting this land right now. You can choose right now to lift up your hands and receive it now. But before we, we're going to pray for you, but before we pray for you, we talked about, you need salvation. You need to get the power of God on the inside of you, but you also need to get established in a home church. And Khalil is going to talk to you a little bit about why you need to be a part of a local church. Yes. Being a part of a local church is so important. We're going to go straight into what the Bible says. Because <laughs> nobody cares what we think. No, literally. No, no one care cares. No, I just want to know what the Bible says. So we're going to go look at that. So in Hebrews 10.25, it says, some of you may be familiar with this scripture. We're going to read to you again. It says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. So when it says forsaking that's assembling, coming together of ourselves, and it says as the matter of sin is, but exhorting one another. And it also says even the much more as we see the day approaching. And that's the day of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So say you're like, oh, I mean, I go to church on Easter or whatever. I go to church on Christmas. But it says that even so much more as you see the day approaching. So the closer and closer that we come, that we see the signs, the times the Bible says that you'll know the seasons when, you know, the Lord will come back, the more you should find yourself in church. 
you know, in the book of Acts, they met every single day. Yeah. And you know, God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. So your first, as she was saying before, is, you know, you want to build a relationship with your heavenly father, get to know who he is in the word and what he says about you in the word. You have a personal destiny, but God also has a church that he has for you to be planted in to help you fulfill the destiny that he has for your life. You know, the Bible talks about how he gave gifts unto men, the pastor, the apostle, the prophet, teacher, the evangelist. evangelist I was just going to go there yes. in Ephesians. And so in the, to watch Holy Ghost. over your souls. Okay, these are gifts. You ever, you know, you know Christmas. You know the most exciting Christmas. part of Christmas is unwrapping them gifts. Well, God gave us gifts here to help you fulfill the call that he has on your life. Whatever that call may be, whether it may be in business, whether it may be in politics, whatever that call may be, you may be a gift. Mm-hmm. that God has given unto mm-hmm. men. But you know, you will never know if you do not get yourself planted into a local church. And and let me say this, you don't decide your church. It's not about how far it is. Oh, well, you know what? That junk, I, that's my favorite Starbucks. And I heard that on Sundays, you know, he give a little 15 minute. That's so convenient. I can order my caramel frappuccino. No. And by the time they got the caramel frappuccino done, the service is the done. The service is over. That no. That's not what it's about. Okay. You want to go where God has for you. Or else, guess what? All those things that you did in the beginning with the fire. I mean, God will have a grace for you. But after a while, it's, you're going to feel like, why is it so It's hard, hard to maintain. Why is it? Because... You're not where you're supposed you're to be. You're not connected. You're not connected. And I like the part, Kalila, where it says about as a manner of summit, but exhorting one another. I like the family. Talk a little bit about the family of God and about tell the people about like your connections and how you've made and like, do you feel like you'd be spiritually healthy if you weren't like connected? Like, even though they go to like, there's people that go to church every Sunday or yeah. maybe three times a week, but they don't connect with the family. Right, right. And I told, let me tell you, I didn't grow up in church. And quick side note, I remember every Sunday growing up when I was a little girl, I grew up in an apartment complex. And every Sunday I would go to the park. And I grew up in the 90s when kids actually went outside. And I would say, Mom, every Sunday, where is everybody? You know, she's like, I don't know. She, everybody was at church. Yeah, yeah. Funny side note. But no, it's all about family. If it, I had to pray to God. Like she was talking about, if you're at a dead church right now, leave it in the name of Jesus. Hit the road, Jack. If you feel like you know more than your pastor, then you need to go ahead and move on. Pray. Ask the Lord. But I had to ask the Lord for friends. I had to ask, and he blessed me with mighty women of God who pour into me and tell me according to what the word of God says about me. Not about what society tells me who I am or whatever psychology no but what the my heavenly father says about me but guess where I found those friends in up the in church the church where he planted me okay and it's a it's a it's like um so there's individual destinies but there's corporate destiny there's connections divine connections that's true that there are people who you are to bless who are waiting for you at the church that God 
has for you. And yeah. that's why it's so important. You said the prayer. Now you're saved. Now it's really not just a, it's not about you anymore. It may be about not even just the loss as well. There may be somebody praying in that church for some for with someone with such a beautiful personality just like yours. I yeah. tell Nikki this all the time. There I don't say this to everybody, but there are a few people who I know for a fact that God literally has sent in my life. And this woman of God is one of those people. But if I was disobedient, like, I mean, I got to get up in the morning at, like, what time? And doing all of that. No, you just fall in love with God. And as you're obedient to all those things that she's already said, you going to church, it'll be, that'll be nothing. You just want to. You're like, you want to. Like, I mean, I'm not going to call our church an oasis, but like, it's pretty much an oasis. Like, there's literally no beef. There's no beef. Nobody's striving. We see each other. Hi, I love you. Every time. Every time. And the enemy wants to lie to people and tell Tell them that Christianity, <laughs> Cassie says that's so true, <laughs> tell you that Christianity is a burden, it's a bunch of do's and don'ts. Listen, there's only one thing you're not allowed to do, and that's destroy yourself. God won't let you destroy yourself, but everything else you can do. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and he's given you a network of friends and people. Listen, some of you can't get to the next level because your destiny helper, your connection to that business, to, to that friendship, to that man, single ladies, to that lady, single men, is in the house of God. And I want to go to what she was talking about in Ephesians 4. Listen, in in, in verse 11, it says, and he came some apostles and some prophets. Actually, I'm going to dial it back so you can see who gave. He that descended, that's Jesus, is the same who also ascended up far above the heavens. That's Jesus, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for what? Let's say it together. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Everything you need. Everything. We're a, you're a part of the body now. Okay, the pinky toe. The Bible even talks about um, the eyeball saying to the pinky that, you know, how can you say that you don't need it? I mean, they didn't say those it, Yeah, not that like the pinky wasn't in there, but right. yeah. that's fine. Yeah, it's not the exact body parts, but you can't say that you don't need each other. Okay, put your hand off and see how well you do. See how that goes. See how that happens. Put your <laughs> off. See how that works. Okay, you need each other. You need you each need other. To be planted in a church. I'm gonna talk to you. All you rogue Christians. You need a pastor. Say it again. You need a pastor. Can I? Is my mic on? Is my mic on? My mic sounds nice. You need a pastor. You need a pastor. Why? Listen to this. Till all till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man, the cunning of craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, 
may grow up into all things which is the head even christ so and it goes on but you need to know that there's people that are lying in wait ready to deceive people yeah she was an usher at a meeting a couple weeks ago it, w- it was a meeting and in meetings everybody's welcome all kinds of people are welcome and she's a greeter at the door and tell her what happened no, but this is a perfect example of you no. would have been led astray yes, if I you didn't have a family. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I love my pastor. I'm I'm totally spoiled. I'm a spoiled brat in the kingdom, and I love it. I love She's just family. there being an usher and I'm a greeter, trying to greet and ush. I'm trying to greet and ush. That's okay. I'm just getting my usher on. Can I just usher? Can I ush? Can I just get Can I ush? ush? Okay. So a lady, she literally sat we're not gonna say any names because i don't know them we don't know them so we're not gonna say them literally takes two steps okay this okay role play role play all right so i'm kalila okay i'm getting my ush on hi how are you doing welcome to blah 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 church welcome hi man welcome to blah 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 church oh wait Um, now you can whisper oh right 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 hence the lean in the lean in okay. okay You have to whisper so they can hear though. She's whispering, but she's going to do it loud. Right. Okay. There is an anointing on your life. Anointing. You have an anointing. You have a call. You have a call. I'm just trying to get my usher on. She's trying to ush. I just greet you. But not only that, she's like, do you know that? Seek the Lord. I'm like, I mean, we good. I did this morning. I mean, I am anointed. So are you. You want to know why? Because the Bible says so. Look, the, the Bible says the decency and order. The time to prophesy is not to the greeter on the way but, into but the church. That's not the end. I oh. turn around to greet someone else. I'm just trying to get my usher on, people. Usher. She's just trying, trying to, usher. to usher. Can I usher? And then I turn around behind me. She literally did it to the next person as well. So apparently everybody... Everybody I had thought I was an special. You weren't was... special. But the point is, this lady was yeah. God, you know, I like to hear Dr. Rodney talk about it. God has special people. And the reason those special people are there are for you. Show you where you are in your love walk. So, no, but in all seriousness, mm-hmm. I knew a girl that got directional prophecy from someone who was bogus. Told, told this girl that her husband was in Texas. And you know she got on a plane and went to Texas? She had a pastor. These kinds of things don't happen to people who have a pastor yes. and who are in a Holy Ghost fire-filled yes. church, regularly attend yes. and connect with people. Yes. Look, it says that you henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro Carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, a cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. They are waiting to deceive you. There's people wanting to make merchandise of Christianity, yeah. wanting to make merchandise of the gospel. But, but if you, you need to get into a church, if you get into a church, here's, here's how you know you're where you need to be. First of all, God told you. And he'll speak to you. All you have to do is ask. But these are things you want to look for in all seriousness when you go to a church. Is the person reading from here? Literally. 
Are they reading this? Or I know, I know. I know, I know. I, that was revelatory and life changing. I understand. If the person speaking is reading from the Bible and they're not, you know, throwing a spin on it, I've heard crazy things before. People preach from movies. People, you know, I saw the Notebook and I felt inspired. No, no, they don't preach from the Word of God. And the Bible says that there is no private interpretation. Yes. It is what it is. Yes. Now, the Bible also says that you need to study to show yourself approved as a workman, need yes. not be in a shame, that can rightly divide the word of truth. So look, look, you Bible scholars, get into the Hebrew, get into the Greek, really, really study this thing. But the, you'll know that the person is, that's preaching is preaching the word of God because the Bible also says that these signs shall follow them that believe. One of them is they'll speak in new tongues. Another one is they'll lay hands on the sick, watch them recover. Another one is they'll cast out devils. Hallelujah. So these are the things you're looking for. Are devils popping out of people in the middle of the service? Seriously. No, literally. Say, li literally. No, literally. Are they popping out of people? Are yeah. people getting set free? Are, are people coming in with a limp and leaving, uh, dancing and leaping and praising God? Or are they staying the same? So if you want to see change in people, if you're going to a church and you don't see change in people, why are you there? Because when I came to church, I came because I needed a change, yeah. <laughs> you know? So you want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. And the third thing you want to look for in a local church is that they are soul winning. What is soul yeah. winning? That means they are sharing Jesus Christ with people outside the four yeah. walls of the church. Yes, that's so totally important. Definitely. So that's all I really wanted to say to you tonight. I just wanted to get you a few foundational things that you can do um, to make sure that you stay solid now that you have Jesus. And um, now we're going to pray for you. So uh, you can bow your head. You can lift your hands. You can do all that. Lord, I just thank you for each and every person that is watching or will watch later. Guys, I just want to ask you a question. Did you know that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? Well, he does. Let me ask you another very important question. Now, we're still, we've been playing around and we've been having fun, but these are very serious issues. If you were to die tonight, you go to sleep on your pillow and you don't wake up, you were to die, where do you wake up? Do you wake up in heaven? Or do you wake up in hell? Hell is a real place that God didn't create for people. He created it for the devil and his demons. But people do go because they don't choose God. So, and, and they willingly do it. So I'm giving you the opportunity to choose the Lord. Have you been doing things that you don't want to do, but you don't know how to quit doing? Have you been saying things that you don't want to say, but that you don't know how to quit saying? And my friend, I'm giving you the opportunity to accept Jesus and get that fire we were talking about where God comes and he sends his fire, he sends his Holy Spirit, and he burns out all that stuff and you don't have to struggle with it anymore. I'm throwing you a lifeline tonight in the name of Jesus. I want to let you know that even at the current cost of inflation, the wages of sin is always death. If you think about it, every single sin that there is, the end game is death. Homosexuality, AIDS, HIV, sexual trans disease, promiscuity, heterosexual sex outside of marriage. If everybody had their own wife and their own husband, you wouldn't have to worry about STDs. You wouldn't have to, to worry about, you know, kid, not, not that it's a sin 
to have a kid because it's not but so many kids were born in sin and because of that they have to go through the hurt and pain of divorce there's so many things that you that we can avoid by just listening to the voice of God and doing what his original plan was the wages of sin is death. Think about drinking and, and over drinking. The wages of sin is death. You can get cirrhosis of the liver. You can die. The wages of sin is death. Think about worry and anxiety and all those things that Jesus came to set you free from. All those things have a death end. People get cancer and ulcers and all kinds of things because they don't know that the joy of the Lord can be their strength and they don't know how to retain it. So if that's you, if there's something that happened in your past that, that has kept you from coming to church, if some person at church hurt your feelings and you said, I'll never step foot in a church again, listen, whatever that person did is not an indictment on Jesus Christ. He didn't do that. People are people and sometimes people hurt people, but that doesn't mean that the word of God doesn't work and that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. He has a plan for you and he wants to see you in his house tomorrow and he wants to see you in his kingdom tonight. So say this after me with your heart and your lips out loud. Lift your hand and say, God, God, I need you. I need you to be my father. To be my father. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus. 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 Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Forgive me of all sin. Forgive me of all sin. Wash me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Set me free. Set me free. I believe that you rose for me. I believe that you rose for me. After you died for me. After you died for and me. And that you're coming back again for me. And you're coming back again for me. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. For all the things. For all the things. I've done. I've done. To hurt your heart. To hurt your heart. And I accept. And I accept. Your forgiveness. Your forgiveness. Right now. Right now. I am washed clean. I am, I am washed clean. I have a clean slate. I have a clean slate. You remember no more. You remember no more. So I'll remember no more. So I'll remember no more. You forgive me. You forgive me. For hurting you. For hurting you. So I'll forgive others. So I'll forgive others. For hurting me. For hurting me. And I won't bring it up again. And I won't bring it up again. Unless, unless it's a testimony. It's a testimony. To give you glory. To give you glory. I need your fire. I need your fire. I need your Holy Spirit. I need your Holy Spirit. I need that language. I need that language. That heavenly language. That heavenly language. Of speaking in tongues. Of speaking in tongues. I want you. I want you. To pray through me. To pray through me. Baptize me now, Lord. Baptize me now, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I accept it by faith. I accept it by faith. And I know I'm going to heaven. And I know I'm going to heaven. Because I have Jesus. Because I have Jesus. In my heart. In my heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and it's a real deal, guys. Hallelujah. If you just said that prayer, Jesus lives in your heart. You don't have to fear anything. You don't have to worry about anything. Hallelujah. You just fill up on this. Just every single day, pray to the Father every single day. He wants to hear from you. He's not too busy. Hallelujah. Is there anything you want to add? This is the greatest thing you've ever done. I want to let you know that if you've said that prayer, that you have people that are here for you. Say you're like, well, I don't know anybody. I don't have a church. Or, okay, can you have any um, recommendations? 
We have Nikki right here, this wonderful woman of God. Send her any questions, any prayer requests. I love we will that. Keep you lifted up in prayer. We are here for you. You know, if you're in the DC area, go to 1300 Good Hope Road. Um, that's the church at DC. They're having a service tomorrow at 2 p.m. The power of God is there. The word of God is there. And you'll never, ever be the same. If you're in Maryland, um, Evangel Cathedral. Yep, 1301 up, Central Avenue, Upper Marlboro, right. Maryland. The power of God is there. 10 a.m. And, and 7 p.m. on Sundays. the word of God is there. You come. Put a demand on what, like, God, okay, you have a wonderful plan for my life. Okay, you're saying go to church. Okay, well, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to do this. And I'm telling you, you put a demand on the word of God, and you will not be the same. God bless you. We love you. We look forward to hearing Before we go, two things. One thing is tomorrow is the first night of Celebrate America at Constitution Hall, D-A-R. Cassie, are you still on? Because if you are, I want to pray for you. But um, Celebrate America, tomorrow, 7 p.m. at Constitution, D-A-R, be there, don't be left out. It is a historic event. The same man of God that preached it last year is the same man of God that is preaching it this year, and it's the same man of God that laid hands on Donald Trump, people. You want to be a part of this historic event, all right? So we want to see you there tomorrow. We love you. Cassie, I'll hit you up separately. You just hit my heart. I think you're a newlywed, and I want to pray for you because I love newlyweds. So anyway, love you guys. Hope to see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Ending my podcast, too.